Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to episode 12 of Poke the Bear podcast. I'm Evan Marinovsky alongside Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. Connor, do we have anything to talk about today? I don't think we do. No, I really don't know. I mean, maybe we can just, I don't know, the weather. The weather's nice outside. Uh, it's like 77. We talk about, yeah, I don't know. I watched, uh, you watching anything on TV recently? Binging uh, Sopranos or an HBO mm. show or something like that? Or? More, more a Better Call Saul guy. Oh, Mad good. Men as well. I, actually, I actually haven't gone around to seeing Better Call. A big Breaking Bad guy, but I just haven't gone around because people said it was kind of slow. So I'm about to get around. Okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll cut the shit. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's a lot there's to a talk lot. about. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's, there's quite a bit. Uh, and so, by the way, shout out me, new, new mic. Uh, hopefully, yeah, it'll sound better or uh, look better with it. It's right in front of me now. It's not off to the side. This was sixty dollars more. It's like supposedly the best mic that can be plugged into your MacBook. So I was like, hell yes. I'm so sure the it. listeners are thrilled. I'm sure you they sound can't. Cool oh, I, I, but I, I sound like an angel. I sound like Fergie yes. mixed with Jesus, if you yes. get the reference. A lot of, of Stepbrothers references, by the way, on Twitter lately. We'll get to yes. that in a second. Yeah. Um, so lots of stuff. Bruins free agency. The first half of day one was nothing. There was nothing. I mean, the TSN show, they were grasping at straws to talk about. You can only they, talk about they would, they the goaltending carousel enough. Yeah, they were dra- they were like doing plans for the 2022 Olympics. They're projecting the Canadian team. I was like, they're going to start doing like 2026 to one point if they're going to keep on rolling with it. Tough, tough day for content for the rest of the NHL. But Kevin Miller resigns. Wasn't that big a thing? But then our our, our antennas popped up when the Bruins moved Sweeney's presser back. Uh, from 5 p.m. until Saturday at 1. Uh, we thought it was much bigger. They have reportedly offered Taylor Hall a short-term three-year deal. Um, but Tory Krug, we're all probably settling in for a nice, fun Friday night, whatever you decide to do, whether you stay in, whether you go out and socially distance, whatever it is, was probably cut in half like ours were uh, when at around 8 o'clock, Elliot Friedman tweeted out Krug to St. Louis, and we all went, hmm. So what was your initial reaction to that? I'm very interested to hear this. Yeah. Um, I think when the news broke that he was leaving, I don't think, I think pretty much all of us were in the same boat that we thought he was going to go elsewhere and get a significant deal. Um, St. Louis being the one to offer him that, that came as a surprise. I think, I don't think anyone really expected them to, to <laughs> sign him considering uh, you know, the fact that St. Louis seemed like they were still in the running for Petrangelo. Um, they had money already tied up with a guy like Justin Falk. 
Um, so that came as a big surprise. And I think even Petrangelo was, I think, pretty shocked by it too. It seemed like he was going to make the rounds and then probably come back to St. Louis. And um, I think as the, it progressed, you know, we it went from a situation where, you know, Krug leaves and most of us were expecting him to do it anyway. So you're already kind of, you know, halfway out the door of like, you know, congrats, congrats to Krug for, you know, getting, you know, getting the bag and, and earning that contract that he definitely deserves. Then you hear that one, it's a team like St. Louis, which, you know, I'm sure sours uh, a lot of Bruins fans, but um, the fact that it seems like the negotiations with the Bruins just didn't go anywhere. You know, they did like, I mean, you listen to Krug, his, uh, you know, his first presser as a St. Louis blue. Yeah. He was clearly not thrilled about how this whole situation went because I think we were all expecting, I'm sure you're in the same boat that, you know, if he went, let's say Detroit or any of these teams or Columbus who cleared a bunch of cap and he signed eight years and, you know, seven, seven and a half million a year. I think the Bruins and probably us would be like, all right, what, what are you going to do? Right. It's, it's one of those situations where that, you know, the Bruins have to upgrade other areas. You know, they love to have him back, but if he's going to get paid somewhere else, you know, there's not really much you can do there and good for him for, for getting that contract and good for him that he's, you know, going to your team in St. Louis who's, who is going to pay him and he gets that seven year contract that he deserves. Um, but I, I, I think when you kind of get, you know, Krug side of it where they offered him a contract last year and didn't circle back to offer him anything. And then he says, you know, that they pulled that offer on him. So it seems like he was waiting for a call on Friday afternoon, Friday morning and just didn't get anything um, from them, which is, pretty surprising i mean again i don't think he was going to be here going forward but the fact that there's no offer at all is pretty pretty startling well i was just very surprised at a lot of it so the the crew press conference took place friday night at about 9 45 eastern time um and it was eye-opening for a lot of reasons and you mentioned a few of them number one we it, it had been reported that the bruins had offered a six year six six point five a year million dollar deal and Crew comes out and basically said, and because when the, when the deal first broke, that it was seven years, 6.5, we all said, why would, what, a year makes you want to yeah. go to St. Louis? Yeah, like, exactly. What, how does that make sense? It did become more clear though when it was reported and then Crew confirmed that they'd pulled it back and that the deal they gave him was from a year ago. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he did want to stay in Boston. I don't think, like, I think some people are like, oh, look at him going to St. Louis. As he said in his press conference, St. Louis was never in the cards. And that's also another thing that stuns me. And I was saying this to a friend this morning. When you think about it, if it's your big payday and it's your, your long-term deal, this is where you're going to raise your family. This is where you are going to, you know, live out your life for seven plus years. I'm very surprised that he didn't consider St. Louis before. And it sounded like the decision was made wholly on winning. And to me, I look at that and I say, were you really ready to go to St. Louis? Like, are you sure you wanted to do this? Because part of me thinks, now I'm not saying staying with the Bruins, but I do wonder if he'd done research into St. Louis because it didn't sound like he did. It didn't sound like they were ready to go to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And it just sounded like, maybe I'm wrong and it's his decision, but it kind of sounded like it was very impulsive. Not leaving the Bruins. I think that was always, an, a, like we all said he was gone. Mm-hmm. But choosing St. Louis sounded a little impulsive. I mean, it's, I think it's one of the situations, right, where it seemed like it wasn't on his radar. He, he mentioned that, and then you look at the options, right? I mean, if he prioritized winning and getting a fair deal and the Bruins, let's say they offered that 
six, six and a half million dollar contract. I, I'm what are the other, what are your other options? Do you want to go to Detroit? It makes sense from the perspective of, you know, he knows Chef Blaschel, he's from Michigan. It makes a lot of sense, but like that team's not turning things around in a, you know, another year or two. You want to go to Columbus who has a bunch of cap space, but that team, you know, could be good, but like, you know, it depends on how you like Tortorella. It's not a, a big market. It's not the, you know, most happening place in the NHL. I'm not saying St. Louis is. We already have a friggin' podcast where we roasted St. Louis for the first 10 minutes of it. But, and even St. Louis, you know, is this team still on the up and up? I mean, they still got really good pieces, but Jordan Bennington didn't really have a, a good year. They're going to lose Petrangelo. They signed that horrible contract for Justin Falk that pretty much why they can't keep Petrangelo. Um, but, you look at all those options and if the Bruins had that offer still on the table, I bet he would have taken it because it seems like regardless of who's signing contracts, everyone's either taking short-term deals or they're taking contracts far below their market value. Like whoever Petrangelo signs with, you know, he might just end up getting 8 million, seven and a half million or something like that when he could have probably gotten nine and a half, 10, 10 and a half if there was a normal year. And I think for, you know, people are saying that Tory Krug, you know, he turned down that, you know, six, six and a half, six years, six and a half million dollar contract last year. It's like, well, uh, one, you know, there's nothing wrong with the guy betting against himself. And, you know, it's not like he was saying, I don't want to stay here. It's like, I want to see how I get paid next year. And uh, he didn't expect there to be a pandemic and all these things that. <laughs> how dare he, he not? Expect yeah, it to he, be probably thought, he probably thought that if he played through another year and had another strong year, he would get eight and a half, nine million per year on the market, and he would take probably a hometown discount in Boston, and they'd probably offer him seven, seven and a half, and he would have probably taken it. Like, but that just one that wasn't how the situation panned out. Obviously, with all the stuff that's went on this year, and then two, it just seemed like the Bruins weren't interested in getting him back, and it was just a situation where. You know, you, you could probably hop on the fact that if they weren't interested, why didn't they either move him earlier to get a return or trade his negotiation rights? But it just seems like the, the Bruins weren't interested in bringing him back and they're focused more on going through other routes to improve their roster. It just sounded rushed to go to St. Louis. And, my, yeah. and my, what I mean is, like, I'm not saying you should have stayed with the Bruins. There was no offer, which, is again, is like they the Bruins really, I don't think, were amazing to him in that regard. The fact that they pulled the offer and basically said, you can come back and test it, but like you're on your own, dude. But it just feels, I don't know. It just, it was just, it seemed so quick. I was like, wait, you didn't consider St. Louis? So um, crazy stuff. I hope he has all the success. He deserves all the success in the world in St. Louis. I hope he gets, I mean, DJ Bean had a great tweet. You know, the fact that, uh, Tory Krug never won a cup in Boston as proof that hockey gods just don't exist. Yeah, so, um, absolutely. I mean, would have been awesome to see him raise the cup here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everyone wanted that to happen. And that unfortunately just did it. And yeah. I think that's what's going to sting. The guy has an incredible legacy with the Bruins. You wrote about it last night uh, or Friday night. Uh, but just an incredible legacy. Uh, one of the best players to cover for sure. Yeah. One of the nicest, classiest you know, not cocky, but just very confident oh, yeah. individuals. Uh, which I think you um, had to be to be a, a five nine guy breaking into the NHL as an undrafted guy. And the league now is much more, you know, welcoming to these kind of smaller defensemen, but he was kind of one of the first ones to break through. And what does he do? He scores, what, full goals in his first five playoff games and starts from there and gets off on, you know, a stat like that and just 
kind of continue to prove the doubt is wrong through all of it. So as much as there's people who like to hop on, you know, he doesn't play good defense or anything like that. I mean, for what he brought this team in so many different areas of the game, especially how he meant what he meant to players in the room, uh, especially a lot of the, the younger players, it's kind of that bridge between them and the, that older core of, you know, Bergeron and Char and stuff like that. I mean, that's definitely going to be missed because um, he was really was a key foundation in that dressing room. So, um, you know, good for him, though, to, to get a contract like that. So we'll get to someone who could potentially be a big presence in the dressing room in a second. First, you mentioned betting on yourself. What if you just bet yourself? Uh, Connor, tell listeners how they can do that. Listen up, sports bettors. This is Connor Ryan here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football, basketball, and baseball are all back. That means it's time to get down your bets. I only endorse one sports book, and that's BetUS.com. Why do you ask? It's because BetUS is the pioneer in online betting with more than 25 years in the business. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity. You need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, entertainment, and all kinds of crazy prop bets and futures. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS. So go to BetUS.com now, fill out your information. It only takes a minute. When you get to the How Did You Hear About Us box, type in Boston Sports Journal, and you can get up to 150% in bonuses on your first deposit. No one beats that. I bet at BetUS, and so should you. So join BetUS today, and don't forget, type in Boston Sports Journal to get up to 150% in bonuses on your first deposit. That's BetUS.com. So Saturday morning, uh, I think Bruins fans got a much more encouraging piece of news. It was kind of like a nice way to, you know, Friday night you got disappointed, you get your heart broken. Saturday, you know, a different girl calls you and says, hey, you know what, maybe I'll take you on a date. You go, oh, oh things are getting better. Things are on the up and up. Now, uh, they, that's a kind of a weird way to, I guess, compare the two, but it does what it does. Uh, but so the Bruins signed Craig Smith uh, Saturday morning, three years, $3.1 million per. I love the deal. I think you love the deal. Um, what I was very interested to hear was Sweeney said that they talked all day yesterday. So maybe that was what was postponing the press conference was they were just talking to Craig Smith all day, which maybe, I mean, they also had the Taylor Hall stuff, so that could have been as well. But uh, just your reaction to Craig Smith uh, now being a Bruin. You yeah, right. uh, I mean, I, I love that contract and uh, what he brings to this team and how he addresses a, a major hole in this lineup. And over at Boston Sports Journal, we uh, had a few stories earlier this offseason kind of focusing on Craig Smith and why he'd be a great value pickup because, listen, he doesn't have the same – you know, appeal as, you know, a Mike Hoffman or a Dadnoff or one of these guys. I mean, his name even sounds like an NHL 20 name generator, right? And it's like the guy who you draft in like 2037, you know, who becomes like a 30 goal scorer. Like you, I don't know, even know who this guy is. He has orange hair. It's, it's yes. like, it's just one of those weird uh, setups there. But um, you look at what Craig Smith brings his team though. Um, you know, even if you look at the baseline numbers, you know, the, the stuff that you look at real quick, he's a 20 goal scorer scored 20 goals in five of his nine years. But I think where his real value is, is just a, a shot heavy guy, uh, a guy who generates quality looks pretty much every time he's out on the ice, um, a defensively responsible guy. I mean, he ranked, uh, you know, he, he was primarily with a, a third line last year with the Predators, with Benino and Grimaldi. Not really a, a line that stands out to you. You're not dealing with, you know, Elias Pettersson, line or you know Crosby's line or McDavid you know any or Bergeron line they're not the same yeah 
but I mean, they, uh, they led all those lines in terms of goals for percentage. I mean, they, you know, it was not even remotely close in terms of how much Nashville is consistently winning their matchups, scoring plenty of goals, negating scoring chances down the other end of the ice when that winds out there. And that's not just a flash in the pan. I mean, he's, Craig Smith's done that on multiple different lines. He was with, uh, you know, Fiala and Terrace a few years back, and that third line was also a buzzsaw. So I think when you look at the baseline numbers of what you're getting as a 20-goal scorer, um, the value, I mean, a three-year contract, you know, $3.1 million per year, which is a great bargain for them. It's not like you're, you know, handcuffing yourself the rest of this offseason in terms of making more moves. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, it kind of depends on where exactly the plans are for them in, in terms of where they want to put him. Uh, I think if you have him next to Coyle, you're all set. I mean, you've got, I think, an elite third line there. You finally have a, a trigger man to put with Coyle because it's the same thing every year, I think, with, with Coyle and that line. We, we know he protects the puck. We know he extends those ozone possessions, but those don't factor that much into it um, if you're not burying those chances, right? And that's kind of was the problem last year with Coyle. And now you have a legitimate guy who's ready and willing pretty much every chance he gets to let go of that puck and generate a shot on goal. Um, so I think you put him with Coyle, you're, you're, you're set with what that third line is, and it's just an extra wave of scoring. If he's higher up in the lineup and he's you know competing with Andre Kasha, one of those guys for a top six spot, then, you know, I still think he's a very, very good player. You know, ideally, I think you'd want to have a more set surefire guy up there. But regardless of, exa- you know, where exactly he goes in the lineup, when you add in the value you get from this contract, plus of what you're expecting to get from him, I, I think it's a steal. You know, it's funny. If you're winning, if you're going to the Stanley Cup, Smith is your third line right winger. If you can put yes. him with Coyle and preferably Stanika, please, God, not Nick Ritchie, but you know they're going to try it anyways. But just... Jack Sadika there would be perfect. That line, I think, would be awesome. That's basically a second-second line. Um, but I want to propose this. And I just thought of this as you were talking. What about Marshawn Bergeron-Smith? Because, again, yeah. you, you have Marshawn Bergeron who always produce. You can put Smith up there. I mean, he has the, you know, the analytics, the goal scoring, the numbers. I mean, he's a good, solid player to put with them. Is he Pasternak? No, but nobody is. Yeah. Try him up there. Move Pasternak down with Krejci and let Kasha and DeBrusque battle it out. Let, you know, Kasha spend some time on the third line. I mean, again, Kasha could work on the second line anyways. Who knows? But I think that's a thing that Cassidy will definitely try. I think you should try it uh, because, you know, out of those top nine, that's not a bad, that's not a bad right side. You know, Pasternak, Kasha, Smith. I mean, that you can play with those. You can, you know, put guys in different places. You can keep it. Pasternak, Kasha Smith. Um, but if there's anything I think that, that's obvious, is there's, there's more that needs to be done. Definitely. I mean, there, there has to be more that comes down. Because, again, the left side, Marshawn, DeBrusque, Stanika. Stanika is really not a great guy on the left side, mm. in my opinion. So it's like what, you, I think you'd want him to be in a right spot or a center role, uh, which I don't think is coming at least next year. So more needs to be done. But that's not a bad top nine as is, you know, for right now to finish, you know, that, that is getting you to the second round. It's just, I think you need one more piece to get you past the second round. The other thing I think is interesting is I think Craig Smith and Tyler Toffoli are a lot closer than people think. Oh, like yeah. I think 
people generally generally look at those two and go, oh, Toffoli's much better. You have to consider Toffoli was on a team in on Los Angeles that was terrible offensively the past few years, and Craig Smith was on a name-wise stacked offensive team with the Predators at least. You Forsberg, mm-hmm. Duchesne, Turris stunk there, but I mean, I think they expected a lot more out of him. Yeah. He took up uh, you know a spot, so. I look at that and I think, well, maybe they're, you know, the numbers are close. The analytics favor Smith. Uh, so it's like, I think, you know, to full, getting to Foley would be great. But if they, if they could get someone for that left side, Taylor Hall. And, and that's yeah. hard because there's only like 12 million in cap space now that the Bruins have. And you have DeBrusque to resign. You have Krizlik to resign. Yeah. You have Chara to resign. Can you afford Hall in that? I mean, I think there, there, there's got to be contract movement. There's got to be more trades coming. Um, so on the topic of Taylor Hall, because that's a fun topic, uh, do you think this happens? I mean, I think there's a chance. It all depends on what the suit is on, what the contract offers are out there, because you, you see a few of these other cup contenders, and then other than maybe Colorado – I don't know what other, you know, legitimate contender would offer him a good deal like Boston would, where it'd be a short-term contract for a team that you look at the team and it seems like you can probably put them over the top. I mean, you, you look at what Hall brings and for as much as people say, you know, he's not a winner. It's like, look at the teams he was, he's been saddled with for his entire career. I mean, I don't know what you're expecting him to, to bring to this group. Um, but I mean, I think it'd be a fantastic pickup if you can do it. You would have to move other pieces around. And if, let's say, you sign Hall, what it would probably do is then you take other pieces that are in the middle six or or what have you, and you probably, I would assume, probably package them in a trade for a left shot D as most likely it would be. So maybe DeBrusque and other pieces, or you got to find a way to get other contracts off the books, whether it's, you know, John Moore's contract or, or Richie's or, or something like that. Um, so it'd be a lot of maneuvering. But if, you look at this off season, I mean, you're seeing a lot of guys settle for cheaper contract. I mean, people thought Tyson Barry was going to make five and a half, six million million a year on a four or five year deal. And he goes to Edmonton for one year. Right. So you're seeing a lot of these contracts where these guys are, I think. And he wanted to go there. Yeah. And you know, uh, you, you read the market and you see how, I mean, we'll see what happens when Petrangelo signs. Don Sweeney said he hasn't had discussions with Petrangelo's camp. So, if he goes to Vegas, you know, is it going to be And Vegas is the only one who can really offer him a big contract. Are they going to hand him seven years, 10 million, you know, like, is he, or is he going to sign, you know, like seven, seven and 49 million, you know, like it, it all depends on what these contracts are going to look like. So um, again, don't overlook what a team like Columbus or Nashville can offer Hall in terms of just the, ba- the, the huge, you know, long-term contract. But if, there's a, this is a situation where the Bruins have cap space. They're not hamstrung by contracts. They can move contracts around if need be. It's not like they're stuck with a Bacchus or something like that. You can't move. It's, you know, you'd have to move a guy like DeBrusque, which, you know, is unfortunate because I still think he has value, but you probably get something good in return for a younger player like that. So um, it's certainly possible. I'm sure when we have our next podcast, our opinions will be very uh, hopefully it will be changed. Hopefully this isn't carrying into mid next week or anything like that, but it's definitely a possibility because you look at some of these other teams out here. I don't know what other team offers him, what the Bruins can bring him. It just depends on whether him and his agent, Darren Ferris are willing to take a, maybe a more of a short term deal. I mean, the, if you look at the predators and the blue jackets, I mean, 
I guess Nashville can offer Nashville the city and it's, it's amazing. It's a nice place and it's warm in the winter and all that stuff. Nashville's warm in the winter, right? Yes. It's pleasant. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's pleasant. It's good. You're not enough. wearing, you know, um, wearing like shorts in January or something like that, but you don't exactly. have to wear a coat. Yeah. It's good enough. Uh, but so I look at the Bruins lineup and like, let me, let me read you this first line, Marshawn Bergeron Pasternak. Second line, Hall, Krejci, Kasha. Third line, probably Bjork, Coyle, Smith. I would think you'd have to get rid of DeBrusque. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time believing if you get Hall, you can keep DeBrusque. Yeah, I mean, I think you need um, a left shot D. So. So, that's, so that's where DeBrusque comes in because you have Grizzly and McAvoy and then question mark and Carlo. Yeah. So the, if you said to Taylor Hall, like if I'm John Sweeney, we said, look, Taylor, listen here. You're going to go on the second line with David Krejci. We're going to trade Jake DeBrusque for a left shot D man. So we're going to have a great top four on D. We're going to have a great top nine for forwards. And we are going to compete all three years of your deal for a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Like, to me, that's the selling point. Like, you are going to win here. You are going to play in postseason games. You are. It's a guarantee. And we're going to use you on power plays. We're going to use you well. Like, to me... That is the selling point, and that's how, and 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 Bjork, by the way, with Coyle and Smith, I think would also be really good. Yeah. Because uh, again, Bjork just needs to start finishing his chances, and you know you have someone who is a legit potential top six guy, fringe top six guy. So uh, the Taylor Hall stuff, I think, is really interesting because he and, would fit so well. Yeah, I also think too it would be better here than maybe even Colorado because I'd assume if he went to Colorado. He'd probably switch out with Landeskog. He'd probably be on that top line where it's like, all right, you're the guy who puts this already great line into overdrive. I feel like, I mean, who knows what Taylor Hall wants out of this? I, you know, he prioritizes winning. I'm sure also a nice little caveat, even though Boston's a big market. It's, you know, it's not like, you know, John Tavares signing with Toronto where the, the local aspect plays into it too, but he's supposed to be this another, you know, top line center that you pair up as kind of that that double-headed monster with, with Matthews down the middle, like here it'd be, all right, you're not, you know, jumping in, you're not replacing Nashian with, with Bergeron. You're the number two guy with Krejci on the second line. You know, you're not like the, the focal point, like the focal point of that whole offense with, with Boston. You fit in as a, what the Bruins have been needing in that spot, but you know, it's not like he's the, the savior coming in. He's not like Chara in, in 06 where you're like, this guy's yes. going to be the foundational piece or something like that. He's just, a very, very good player who puts you over the top. You know, he's like almost like a a better Jerome McGinley. Yeah, he's like yeah, he exactly like that or a Horton where he fills a role and but he's just that step above what what those guys can bring. And I'm sure for a player like that, it's probably good that it, it's not like he's the guy, the, the savior coming in to put this team into a position to contend for a cup. They're already cup contenders, but he just makes you that much better. Yes, yeah, see, I feel like if he goes to Nashville or Columbus, he's the savior. As you yeah. said, and he comes here, I don't think you have that, that complex. It's like, oh, you're just, you know, you're an added piece to help us win a Stanley Cup. And I think that, I mean, if you can get, you know, then you have three set lines. You can, you know, they have the whole year to play together and there's going to be consistency. There's chemistry. Um, and I think even getting just Craig Smith gives you that consistency where you're yeah. not, you know, definitely flipping pieces. You can for sure say Coyle and Smith will be together the whole year. And, you know, Bjork on the left side, all that stuff. So should be very interesting. And as you said, things are probably going to accelerate. It would be awesome for the Bruins to get Taylor Hall. Just from a content perspective, just from how interesting I think it would be. I think for fans, you know, you fans listening, I mean, I think it would – and I don't I don't have to sell anybody on Taylor Hall. I feel like I'm selling people on the idea yeah. of Taylor Hall. Uh, but I, I really think it would be so interesting 
And I think it would really set this Bruins team um, over the top, potentially much better chances against Tampa Bay in that second round, um, especially after losing Tyler Johnson. Yep. Kind of a big thing. That was maybe the season, this most surprising wild, thing. man. Like these views are going to be happening. Yeah. Oh, I forgot by the way. Um, Ah, yes. Tory Krug was right. I mean, Don Sweeney was right. <laughs> yeah. Was right to say, screw you, Tory Krug. Like, that, that is, that is, no, the, the, uh, the, the ultimate, the ultimate take is people who are like, I know the analytics won't go in for Craig Smith or something, but he's not Mike Hoffman. I'm like, he's better than Mike Hoffman, you idiots. Like, oh Tory Krug is a traitor. If you can't beat him, join him. Like, that is. And it's funny. You saw people being like, Krug's a snake. Tory Krug is, I'm done with Tory Krug. He didn't have a contract off you guys, you dummies. What? Like, dude, he's a human being. He's trying to make his money. The Bruins didn't even offer him anything. Let the man be. I I hope Tory Krug scores 100 goals and wins the Stanley Cup every year. That's that's my predictions. Yeah. Dude, he no, gets so much uh, St. Louis style pizza now. That's so that's the one tra that's the real tragedy now is he has to get that bootleg ass pizza. That's funny that like they him and Robert Thomas were tweeting at each other. Yeah. Because it's like that hit was so big and just so humiliating for Robert Thomas. Like that's not something that you can just like tweet away and it's like funny now. No. Like you 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 got your manhood taken away from you on that hit. Like you aren't a you are not a human being anymore. Yeah. Um but Definitely interesting, but lots of crazy stuff. Uh, Connor, before we go, uh, what are you working on at BSJ that people can look forward to? Yeah, we're breaking down kind of uh, Don Sweeney's press conference from uh, from Saturday afternoon. We're looking ahead at what kind of the next steps are. This seems like every day something new is going to be happening. So who even knows what's going to happen later tonight in terms of how this affects this offseason because I think you see from the Craig Smith move, and, and you know, if you're looking at the lens of just this contract, it's great, but – you want to see what the other pieces are that are going to fall for this team. So we'll have you covered every step of the way over at bostonsportsjournal.com. So subscribe there. You can follow me on Twitter at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Connor will have you covered at BSJ. Me over at CLNS Media. Follow both. Uh, and for Poke the Bear episode 12, you guys have a great rest of your free agent frenzy. Mm-hmm.